friends. Welcome to Village Idiots for Christ. This is Revelation Wednesday. We just figured, we just finished last week uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 22. And I purposed in my heart to, to set aside Wednesdays for the book of Revelation. I'm going to go through it and through it and through it again. If you've seen it once or twice and you're tired, you don't want to hear no more, you don't have to. But i got plenty of other stuff out there you can look at or you can just take a day off. So you can consider this your Sabbath rest if you'd like. <laughs> if you're not into hearing this again. But this book in this hour is all important because the... Uh, um, because the hour we're living in, we may very well be entering these times. If we see the Ezekiel 38-39 war come, if we see the reestablishment of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem, uh, if we see, continue to see the apostasy coming into the churches and the, the falling away of many Christians, we may be entering into these final, these final, these final of the final days, these last few seconds of the final days. Because the end was near 2,000 years ago. The end is soon, it says in this book. That was 2,000 years ago, so how much closer to the end are we so anyway we're going to keep going through this and pray that god just gives us a deeper and in increasing uh, revelation and vision of what's going on here and understanding so we can continue to put out some good stuff but again if you've been through this and you're just not interested yeah, that's cool if you want to go through it again and just get it really in your mind and in your heart welcome to the welcome to revelation wednesdays so we're in revelation wednesday we are in chapter one and we're just going to jump right on in there uh, this is, these are the letters to the churches, chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. Again, this was given to God, this was given from God to Jesus to show his servants. That's us, we're his servants, his sons, his servants, kings and priests. It's all the same thing. We're his servants, what must soon take place. So in God's eyes, 2,000 years ago, this was must soon take place. So, again... It's coming, and it's coming quick, according to God's timetable. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. So this is the testimony of Jesus Christ. So God gave the testimony to Jesus. This is I've said this the last time. This is a unique book. All the other books, it says, were written by the Holy Spirit, moving in people's hearts and carrying them along by the Spirit to write the book. This book was not written by the Holy Spirit. Not at all. Not, not that John wasn't influenced. Not that John, the Holy Spirit wasn't working in John. But the primary way this was written was given by the Father to the Son who sent his angel to his servant John. So Jesus handed it off to an angel and then the angel showed it to John. So this passes through four hands. It's amazing. Uh, uh, Father, Son, Angel, John. So completely complete unique book because God is wrapping up his testimony to men in this book and God just goes all out. This is God. This is like the fi the final, you know, you're watching the fireworks. This is the final blast, you know, that final firework, the finale. This is the finale of the Bible. God's making God is just going all out with the visual imagery in this book. So again, four hands, Father, Son, Angel, John. There it is right there. And again, who testifies to everything you saw? That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So John is going to testify to everything he's seeing being revealed visually to him. Um, that is the word of God and the testimony. So he's revealing the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Amen. Blesses, and this is, this is uh, verse 3. This is the only book this blessing is in. Blessed is the man who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart what is written in, because the time is near. If you hear what I'm saying, or you read it yourself, you're blessed. There's a blessing attached to being in this book.
because the time is near. We are running out of time, kids. No matter whether we're on the earth, whether we're taken, whether we live our lives and our kids are here, it doesn't matter. In God's timetable, 2,000 years ago, it was near. Again, how much more near is it today? So enjoy this book and receive the blessing. Say, Lord, thank you for the blessing of this book. Amen. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia. And, and he writes to the seven churches. I learned this today. I read all the footnotes today for this chapter. Um, he would have started, the first church he was started in was the province of Asia, which is now Turkey. And following a clockwise pattern, every every church in here is in is in order that John would have took would have taken going in a clockwork in a in a clockwise fashion, which is to the right. He would have gone from one church to the next to the next to the next, and they're all in order. So John, the, this was written in the order that John would have delivered. Uh, this because he, he wrote seven he wrote this for the seven churches uh, Ephesus Smyrna Pergamum Thyatira Sardis Philadelphia and Laodicea he wrote it for those seven churches and they were in order the the order they're written in is the order he would have carried the letter isn't that cool I learned that today he in a clockwise fashion the letter was written in the order he would have gone on his way to these churches as he was walking or or riding to these churches pretty cool. Um, uh, in the province of Asia, that represents modern-day Turkey. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. That's the Father. And from the seven spirits, again, that's the Holy Spirit and the spirits at the throne. Again, it gets more into that later. The seven spirits before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the rule of the kings of the earth. So this is from the triune Godhead. Grace, to you, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, the Father. And from the seven spirits, which is tied up with the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and which is before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the firstborn of the dead. Jesus Christ, though people have been raised from the dead, they died again. Jesus is the first one who was raised from the dead, came back in a glorified body, and who will never die again. He is the firstborn from among the dead. And, and uh, firstborn from the dead, and the rulers of the kings of the earth. So the triune Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, are all about this book. So this book is something special. And people get intimidated by the pictures. You don't have to be. You take it a line at a time and ask the Holy Spirit to help you see. To him who loves us and freed us by his sins, from our sins, by his blood. That's Christ, of course. And has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Isn't it beautiful? Jesus set us free from our sins by his blood. And then he made us to be a kingdom and priest. To We are a kingdom of priests before God. All of you in Christ. You look, like I told you before, I look at this. And again, you, uh, you people listen to the podcast. I'm painting on my face. You look at this. I don't look like no priest. I don't look like no king. I look like a truck driver. <laughs> Amen. But he's made us. God gave. First, Jesus took away our sin by his blood. And then he made us a kingdom, a priest before his God and father. Oh, to, and to, to Jesus be the glory power forever and ever. And then verse 7, look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be on them. When Jesus Christ comes back to earth at the battle of Armageddon, when he comes back on his horse and all those cats on the ground, the millions and millions of troops who am troops who Antichrist has gathered together to make war against the lamb, the rider on the horse that comes later in Revelation, they're going to see the king of kings and lord of lords descending from heaven on a horse it don't get any better than that and for those people on the ground it says that all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him so shall it be why are they going to mourn because of him because they realize 
We bet on the wrong guy. We bet on the Antichrist. We've already taken his mark or seat and worshipped him, so we're doomed. You can't be forgiven of that. That is irrefutable. That, you know, it's un- there's no repentance for taking the mark of the beast or worshiping his image. None. Now, there's a repentance. If you just took the mark of the beast or they held you down and stamped you with the mark of the beast, but you didn't worship and you didn't take up your own free will, okay. But if you voluntarily, of your own free will, took the mark of the beast and worshipped his image, you're doomed. So all these people on the earth are going to see him. That's way past that time. They'll all be fully committed to Antichrist. And when they see him, when all the people on the earth see Christ come back, they're going to mourn because they're going to realize we're doomed. This is the one the Christians told us about. This is the guy that was written about in the Bible that we hated, that we wanted nothing to do with. We wanted nothing to do with Christ. And then Jesus speaks at verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God. He who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Man. And it's written in red. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God. So Jesus Christ is the Lord God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God. He's the begin Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Who is and who was and who is to come. He is, he was, and he is coming back. He is the Almighty. Let's continue on. Amen. Let me see here. Oh, not too bad. Uh, nine minutes in. We're going to get through this in a reasonable fashion. Amen. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering in the kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. The island of Patmos is uh, south, southeast or southeast of Athens, and it's, it's just a little small rock right there in the Aege- It's called the Aegean Sea. And it's a tiny little, it was a, it was a, it was a prison, a prison colony. And uh, so he was, John was, uh, was uh, your brother and companion, the suffering and kingdom. So he was our brother and our companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus Christ. We don't understand those words in this country. The, the companion, these are the words we don't understand, but we're going to come to understand them most likely. The, the companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that, endurance that are ours in Jesus. Man, around the world, it's a kingdom right now. It's of suffering and patient endurance. We're a part of a kingdom of suffering and patient endurance. We haven't suffered and had to have patient endurance much in this country. But we may live to see the days when they persecute us for our faith. We've kind of received a pass in that. It's a little weird out in New York, a little weird out in California. But they aren't chopping anybody's head off. They're not locking anybody in, in container cars in the, in, the, in the hot sun like they do in Eritrea. They're not running anybody over with steam sh- steamrollers like they do in North Korea. They're not killing people wholesale yet in this country for Christ. But we may live to see those days. So this is a kingdom of patient and suffering endurance. Man, we have to endure to the end. We have to hold on and trust God to get us through whatever we go through. And if we haven't seen it yet, we should still prepare our hearts, not, not in fear, but in wisdom to be a wise virgin and full of the oil of the Holy Spirit, prepared to, to suffer anything that God asked us to suffer. Uh, he was on the Isle of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony. So he was, because of God's word and because of his testimony for Jesus, he was exiled. And I've told you the story. He was called the indestructible apostle. They boiled that guy in oil and tried to kill him, and he wouldn't die. That's a, it's a historical account. They could, he's the only apostle that didn't die, the only apostle who died a natural death. They tried to kill him, but he, he just wouldn't die. And this is John, this is the Apostle John, John the Younger. This was the youngest John. This is the John who was Jesus, um, who's, whom Jesus loved in the Gospel. This is the guy who wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And so, man, just real close to the Lord. Him and, him, him and the Lord were very close. Uh, 
On the Lord's Day, I was in the Spirit. I love that. And that Lord's Day is Sunday. We've talked about this. People get hung up on Saturday and stuff. They honored Sunday because Jesus rose on Sunday. Saturday is the actual Sabbath. Absolutely. And if you keep Saturday Sabbath, you're Seventh-day Adventist. Fantastic. Fine. But he was on the Lord's Day. And the Lord's Day historically is Sunday. Because he was honoring the Lord on the day he resurrected. Okay. So just to get it out of the way, because people like to have wars over what day we worship and all that stuff. And Revelation, I mean, Romans 14 says, don't argue about that stuff. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, I love this. You know, you're in the spirit and you and the Lord are just hanging out in the spirit. All of a sudden behind you, imagine you're totally, you know how you've been caught up in the spirit. You're in like in la la wonderland. You know, you're like, oh, this is just so good being with the Lord. It's just all the emotions, all the beautiful stuff you feel it. And then all of a sudden. Like surprise behind you, I heard me behind me a voice like a like a trumpet, which said, and then these words are in red. So Jesus is speaking to him. So I mean, it would surprise you. You're you know you're in this you're in this wonderland place in the spirit with the Lord on the Lord's day, and all of a sudden, like a trumpet, John, or whatever he said, you know, to get his attention. But it sounded like a trumpet. You know what a trumpet sounds like? <laughs> I imagine I imagine for a second, John, you know how you jump when you're surprised. Probably John went whoo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just being human here. You know how it is. You know, you get surprised. You go, Whoa! You know, uh, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So that's what words and rest of Jesus speaking here. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the seven golden lampstands was someone like a son of man. That's Christ. That's Jesus. So there are seven lampstands. He saw Jesus walking among the seven lampstands, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. So this big golden sash around his chest. And he's dressed in beautiful white robe, reaching all the way down to his feet. Beautiful, beautiful picture. Imagine that. Jesus just dressed like this, glorified, this big sash. Just beautiful picture. Um, his head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. Man, his head's like perfectly white. Pure, pure white, because white represents purity. His head and hair were all white like wool. Just beautiful, amazing. White like wool. And his eyes were like blazing fire. Imagine all that whiteness. And then the eyes that, that would enhance the eyes blazing like fire. It looked like his eyes were on fire. As it says, they, they were like... Um, uh, his white and blazing. His eyes looked like blazing fire. Amazing. His feet was like bronze, glowing. So he looked down at his feet. His feet were like you've seen metal. You've seen some of the, the the shows where they show liquid metal when they're melting and stuff. How how bright it is and how it's all it like or like lava and stuff. You see, it's like wow, it's really bright and stuff. Glowing. It was like glowing bronze, glowing in the first. And his voice was like the sound of the rushing waters. You know, rushing. You've been near a river, rushing waters. His voice is coming out like that. Wow, I mean, totally glorious picture of Jesus, totally glorified, totally in his glorious state. I mean, man, leaving no stone unturned here, totally glorious Jesus. Um, his voice in his right hand, he held seven stars and out of his mouth came a sharp double edged sword. His face was like sunshine. <laughs> That's brilliant. So he had seven stars in his hand, whatever that is. And out of his mouth came a sharp sword. And his face was like the sun shining all his brain. So this is mega Jesus. This is Jesus on steroids. This is Jesus totally glorified. Then verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Wouldn't you? 
I mean, he knew Jesus. He saw Jesus up on the cross. He was one of the only apostles to see Jesus crucified. And now he's seeing him totally glorified, like at the Mount of Transfiguration in the Gospels. But, I mean, this was Jesus. I think he was more glorified than even the Mount of Transfiguration. I mean, this is Jesus, just total glory after the resurrection. See, the Mount of Transfiguration, which John and James, uh, John, James, and Peter, I think, were there. They, uh, the, they saw Jesus glorified with Moses and Elijah. But that was, pre, that was pre-resurrection Jesus. This is post-resurrection Jesus. This is intense Jesus. And so, when I saw him, I felt his feet as though dead. I would too. Then he placed, I love this. You want to see the character, nature, and heart of, of Christ? Here it is right here. Here's, here's totally glorious Jesus. You know, like just like a lightning bolt Jesus. Amazing Jesus. Watch what he says. He's so cool. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. And I can see him speaking like that. Calmly. Hey, hey, John, don't be afraid. Just don't be afraid. He's totally glorious, but he's totally calming in his voice. Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and hades. So he says, so I'm the first and last. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the living one. I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forever. So he conquered over death. He died on the cross, and now he's resurrected from the dead forever and ever, never to die again. And he holds the keys to death and hell, death and AIDS. He has all power. He took the keys of death and hell from the devil, stripped him of all his authority and power. Uh, write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now, what will take place later. Later, uh, The mystery of the seven stars you have saw on the right hand of the gold, seven gold lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Now, I read in the commentary, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. The seven stars that are the angels of the seven churches. Some people equate that with human leadership. I don't know if these were just supernatural angels who watch over the churches. They don't know for sure. But he saw, again, the the seven stars he had represented those seven angels, either the supernatural watchers over the churches or the seven uh, natural leaders of those churches. And I just want to tell you what it said in the commentary. And the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So, So he's about to reveal again. It said, right therefore, what you've seen is now what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars, and you saw my right hand, the seven golden lances. So he told John, I want you to write to these churches, to the seven churches. I want you to write to them, and I want you to tell them, you know, all that I'm going to give you. And then he reveals what the seven stars and the, and the seven golden lampstands represent. So this was written to those churches that he would go from in a clockwise fashion from first to last. It shows him right there, in the, it says, Ephesus, Smyrna. Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. It shows him in the map. And he would have gone. He would have gone from Ephesus to Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia. He would have gone in order that he wrote this, which is really a cool little factoid. So it was written in the order he would have traveled in because he wrote this letter seven times, one for each church. And because five out of the seven were rebuked, the two uh, two out of the seven were encouraged because they, they hadn't done anything wrong. So, but I'm 18 minutes, almost 19 minutes, but God. The power of this book, the power of the testimony of Christ. God sent Jesus, and then Jesus sent the angel, and the angel gave us John. But occasionally Jesus is speaking directly to John. This is Jesus' testimony. The Father gave him. Jesus is, and that lines up with what Jesus said. I don't say anything that the Father doesn't tell me to say. So the Father gave this testimony, and it's, it's Jesus. He's telling Jesus to give this testimony for the seven churches. 
And again, each of the seven churches is a picture of different churches in the world, of the, of the spiritual condition of different churches. It's seven spiritual conditions of churches around the world. And we can all see ourselves in one of those churches, or maybe a couple of churches. We have different problems and stuff. But man... What a blessing. You're being blessed just listening to this right now. If you read this book, and I encourage you, you hear me give this to you, read the chapter I'm talking about. You know, take 5, 10 minutes. These chapters aren't that long. You can read these chapters 5, 10, 15 minutes. Meditate on this stuff. Enjoy these kind of um, uh, podcasts and videos because, man, again, we may very well be coming into this hour. And so I'm compelled with a mighty hand to put this out. And I'm going to every Wednesday until the Lord comes back or the Lord tells me not to do this anymore. But I want you to be blessed. I want you to hear this and read this and be blessed by it. Because this is a powerful testimony. Father, Son, Angel, John. And anyway, love you, love you. Can't get enough of it. Just over 20 minutes. Not bad. I like to keep it around 20 if I can. So be blessed. Enjoy this. Again, Revelation Wednesdays, it's going to go on and on and on. So if you're a Revelation addict like I am, if you're a Revelation junkie like I am, just keep coming back every Wednesday. I'm at my mom's house still for another week. And uh, mom's doing better. Thank you for praying for her. Her hip's healing up and she's doing good. We're getting things in order for her and the the guy she takes care of. So all is well. Love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. Be blessed. Appreciate you.